Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for September 28th, 2018. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Writers, Huay Tran Bui. Hey, everyone. And Chris Evangelista. Hello. Guys, it's it's Friday, and uh, when will this week be over? <laughs> it, it seems like a long one. Uh, we have only a few more hours left. Yeah, there's all this, you know, stuff that's going on in politics, and uh, our own Jacob Hall is out, uh, you know, covering Fantastic Fest this week, so we've been kind of, and uh, Ben's traveling, so we've been, you know, short-staffed, and there's been, I, I feel like, more news this week than there was in the previous three weeks combined. Like, literally, I was putting together this podcast, and in the last 30 minutes... Uh, three stories broke, which completely changed our plan for this podcast. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, we should get to those stories. Let's get to the big breaking stories. And let's start that off with Star Wars because you can't get any bigger than Star Wars. And uh, the big news is that Kathleen Kennedy is returning as Lucasfilm president. Uh, Chris, what do we know? Uh, yeah, so um, after Solo, a Star Wars story didn't do that well at the box office. There was uh, rumors swirling all over the internet, specifically on YouTube, um, where literally anyone can report on anything if they have a camera, uh, claiming that Kathleen Kennedy was out. I actually had someone at me on Twitter literally saying, I know for a fact Kathleen Kennedy has already been fired, and you'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, I swear to God. Yeah, but these same YouTubers said that, uh, what, Dark Phoenix wasn't even going to re- be released, I think? Yes. The moral of the story is people on YouTube are wrong. But <laughs> so, yeah, in, in light of all these rumors, news just broke that Kathleen Kennedy has uh, re-upped her deal to be Lucasfilm president for at least three more years. So... Uh, For three more years, Kathleen Kennedy will still be running all things Star Wars and Indiana Jones and other Lucasfilm properties. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that hated Last Jedi, you know, that are, you know, 
declaring, you know, the reason why Solo bombed was because of them. Uh, you know, they think that, you know, she hasn't handled this well. Obviously, there was huge reshoots for not just Solo, but uh, Rogue One. Um, but, uh, you know, I've liked the output so far, and I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Kathleen Kennedy and what she's doing. Uh, HT, what do you have to say about this? I'm so happy that this uh, story broke and just proved all the detractors wrong. Um, I'm I'm not happy just for that sense, but it was a big factor. I think Kathleen Kennedy is great at her job, and she shepherded so many great films over the years. And yes, Star Wars has had some very public troubles, but I think that's because it's such a big property. And um, she still has a bigger uh, success to failure ratio uh so i'm happy that she signed on for more years at lucasfilm and i hope that now that she is set for the next three years she will encourage um more diversity behind the scenes and hopefully pick more female directors and crew uh for the films which she's often been criticized for yeah i I mean the, the big problem here and i know we've talked about this in the past is that you know she kind of tried to hire a bunch of up and coming uh, some new talent to d- direct these Star Wars films, and that kind of, I think, bit her in the behind quite a bit. <laughs> and um, you know, I I I want to see her hire a female Star Wars director, but it's hard to do that unless you're going for the you know the two female directors that you know have done huge movies so i I don't know i i I do hope that she finds a balance of finding you know up-and-coming talent and uh pushes you know the diversity in the way she has been uh you know without falling prey to you know the problems that lucasfilm has uh been having in the past chris are, are you happy about this news I am. I am thrilled, especially after this week, which has just been uh, a living hell in many ways. The fact that finally, finally, whiny baby men are not getting their way in one way is is just very exciting to me. And, you know, not just because of that, but Kathleen Kennedy, I know everyone – look, I don't think a lot of people understand how filmmaking works. Like a lot of people think producers don't actually do anything, but – uh, producers do a lot and Kathleen Kennedy has been involved in so many movies like E.T. and all the Indiana Jones you know people act like you know she doesn't do anything she's had a hand in so many like classic movies you know yeah Solo didn't work out but you know to throw her out completely because of that is 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 silly so I'm, I'm glad this is happening yeah and uh and she's back for three more years which I think like you know, if she had signed a deal to come on for another year and finish out, you know, episode nine, you know, that might have not been as big of a thing as this. I think this shows that Bob Iger, uh, you know, loves what she's doing and wants her back for more. Uh, the the other big news story that just hit is that we found out Fox is releasing a new Deadpool f- film at the end of this year. This just, like, dropped on top of us. But... <laughs> I guess the story does it gets a little bit less interesting from there. It's you tell us about. <laughs> yes, so our lazy Friday afternoon was shattered when 20th Century Fox suddenly scheduled a quote untitled Deadpool movie end quote to open on December 21st, 2018. And after we were all reeling from this news, it was revealed that this was actually a PG-13 re-release 
of Deadpool 2. So this is a re-release that's coming seven months after Deadpool 2 first hit theaters in May. And uh, it's now coming out December, just in time for the family holidays, which is when exactly you want to take your family out to see (laughs) Deadpool 2. Yeah, a neutered um, version of Deadpool 2. I, I wonder, yeah. you know, we know that Disney uh, is acquiring Fox. Do you think – is it too early that this could be a Disney decision to do this? Like it sounds very I'm, Disney, I think, like cynically. It sounds I very mean, Disney. I mean it's possible because the deal is, base, is essentially set in stone. Yeah. But it also seems to be in line with a series of other uh, release date pushbacks that they just um, implemented, which is Alita Battle Angel and Dark Phoenix. So Alita Battle Angel was originally set to open on that December 21st, 2018 slot, but has now been pushed back to February 14th. And Dark Phoenix, which was set to run, to run then, is now opening in the summer on June 7th. This is crazy because the, the first trailer for Dark Phoenix just came out this week. And you'd think you'd think if they made the decision to, to, to move this film that they would have waited on, on you know, the marketing train. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? I wonder if it's because there was better reception than they anticipated for the trailer and it gave them a little faith in the film and they decided to push it to a summer slot is what I'm optimistically <laughs> seeing here. <laughs> I mean, June is a, like a strong slot and it's a, it's basically a summer opening for this movie, which has had several delays and lots of production issues. So maybe it means that this movie will be good. On the other side of the coin, Battle Alita, uh, the Robert Rodriguez uh, directed movie uh, with the story by James Cameron. Uh, what do you think of this? What do you? Why do you think they? This is pushed back from this year till next year, right? Yeah, this doesn't look good for Alita Battle Angel <laughs> because December is a you know big family, big holiday. Um, like slot and they push it essentially to the dead zone of February. (laughs) So it seems like they're kind of burying this film and I don't really blame them just from what I've seen in the trailers. At least it doesn't look good. And as, as you know, I'm a big anime fan. I never watched battle angel, but they took some weird steps with this film first by, you know, digitally altering everyone, Alita's eyes, at least to make her look, have anime eyes, which is just the complete, uh, wrong sort of choice to make for an anime adaptation i don't know it's it's a very strange creative choice maybe it'll work in the film but i don't think that this uh is fox is putting a lot of faith in this film yeah i i just am not interested in that movie at all i i mean it maybe has a better chance of being good than venom but I don't think that's saying much. Um, what do you say to the one Venom fan who wrote in yesterday? Peter? We had two two Venom fans, oh, two uh, Venom fans. and and one of them admitted that it looked like bad, it looked bad, but they were going to see it. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying. I'm not making fun of our our listeners. We we we, we love you guys. Uh, let's move on to the other news that just hit in the last uh, you know 45 minutes, and that is. That they are making a Sesame Street movie uh, with some interesting creatives. Chris, you're at this up for the site. What do we know? Uh, yeah, so a Sesame Street movie has been in some stage of development or another since at least 2012, but nothing's really uh, gotten off the ground. But now um, Portlandia co creator Jonathan Crystal has been hired to direct 
a Sesame Street movie. So it seems like um, they're finally moving forward with this and it'll finally uh, get off the ground. And um, uh, Sean Levy is one of the producers, believe it or not. So, yeah, it looks like that's happening at Warner Brothers. Uh, Warner Brothers now owns Sesame Street because HBO bought it from PBS and HBO is owned by Warner Brothers. So there you have it. The more you know. Um, do, do we have any idea what the take on this story is? I'm assuming not. It just says it's going to be a musical. There's no plot or anything listed yet. So a part of me wonders if they're going to take the approach of the 2011 Muppets movie or sort of like a reboot, And but I really don't know. I know as a kid, I was a huge fan of the movie Follow That Bird, which I think came out in like the 80s, maybe? 1985. 1985. And I think it might have been a home video release. I'm not even sure. Uh, but it wasn't a great film. And uh, it was really Big Bird had gone on the run and everybody was out trying to find him. Uh, or her. Is Big Bird a guy or a girl? <laughs> I don't even know. I, I guess we, we I are think all. He's a guy. Yeah, right? I think he's a guy. Okay, yeah. I'm pretty, Although they don't have any genders, according to the creator of Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Who says they're just best buds. Yeah, so are either of you uh, fans of Portlandia? I've seen a couple of sketches, but not a big fan. I was a fan of like the first two seasons, but I felt like it kind of like ran out of steam after a while. Does the involvement uh, in Jonathan, uh, the co-creator of that show, uh, does that have you any interest at all in watching a family-friendly, you know, Sesame Street movie? I don't, not really. I mean, I really liked that Muppets movie, but the Muppets have always been more uh, like adult. Tri- I mean, you know, obviously they're for kids, but adults yeah. can enjoy it too. But Sesame Street is really geared towards younger audiences. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe they could play on the nostalgia of that, uh, you know, uh, Jason Segel, the Muppets movie. I feel like. It- you're probably right. It's probably going to be geared towards very little children and probably not, uh, you know, have that, uh, you know, dual quadrant appeal. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, next story is uh, Toy Story 4 will is being compared to, of all movies, Avengers Infinity War. HD, tell us about it. Uh, yeah, so Toy Story <laughs> 4, uh, which is the film set to follow Toy Story 3, uh, the and uh, which is kind of seen as the perfect cathartic capper to a great trilogy, will supposedly make you cry your pants off again. So, um, longtime franchise star Tim Allen has said that he couldn't even watch uh, the entirety of Toy Story 4 just because he got so emotional. Um, He said in a quote, it is so emotional, it's so funny, it's so big. The idea they came up with, I'm startled. I couldn't even get through the last scene. Um, So he um, doesn't get into the plot details of it, but Toy Story 4 will supposedly follow Woody and Buzz as they embark on a quest to find Woody's romantic love interest from the first film, Bo Peep. And um, this is saying something that this film will make you cry as much or even more than Toy Story 3 because every Pixar film makes you cry, but Toy Story 3, I think, was quite a tearjerker. Like, do you think that we're going to lose either Buzz or or Woody? Like, do you think they could do that to us? Like, I feel like that's being hinted towards us, like... 
I would hate it, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I have my own complicated feelings about just like killing off character just for some sort of shocking emotional reaction. Um, my big cry in Toy well, Story 3 was actually not. It could be a big like, sacrifice or something. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but uh, that's that's the kind of emotional manipulation that take that tilted a little too far, in my opinion. Like. <laughs> My big cry in Toy Story 3 was the end when, um, you know, you see uh, Andy Spo- playing his toy. Spoilers for Toy Story 3 right Oh, yes. Out. Sorry so, for yeah. a movie that came out like seven years ago. Yeah. Okay, go um, ahead. Yeah, that he uh, was playing with his toys for one last time. And, you know, it, it was like it was something that was more than just loss. It was something that I think that Pixar films really get to really well, which is more than just and like they get they do that too but they do something a little more than just like sad death or sad like that kind of sad reaction chris, so we'll see chris are you ready to ugly cry over toy story 4 i guess I, i'm a little skeptical of this because i thought toy story 3 was such a perfect like ending to yeah. the entire like it just seems like a cash grab at this point like we're doing toy story again like I, i'd rather pixar would do more original stuff like they keep doing sequels and i get that but i want more i don't know like because for so many years i was so excited for like oh a new original pixar film and you know and have them just keep doing sequels yeah, yeah but that, then you got the good dinosaur so <laughs> yeah that's true yeah so i don't know <laughs> um you know, yeah, you're right. The Toy Story 3 was such a great bookend to that franchise, and I feel like I'm not sure I need another story. And also, I'm kind of – I'm not sure how they're going to promote this movie. You know, John Lasseter uh, was very involved in that franchise, and, you know, he's obviously not at Pixar anymore, and there's, you know, a complicated feeling around all that, and this is a – a movie for kids uh i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see i i'm I'm really wondering what the take is because i think so far all we know is that it's a love story of some kind which from what i heard was inspired by john lasseter and and the his his wife which i'm sure they will not play up at all in the market yeah just just (laughs) having you say that just made me very uncomfortable so they're probably not gonna that's not gonna be in the press release Yeah. yeah Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to our next story, and that is uh, that Seth Rogen will be pickled for a hundred years in his new movie. W- what is this film, Chris? What is going right. on? I forgot to open the story, so I'm just going to wing it because I, I remember what it was because it was so silly. Um, so this is based on a short story from The New Yorker, and the, the film involves Seth Rogen plays a pickle maker in the... <laughs> I'm sorry. In the 1900s. <laughs> I've never sorry. seen Chris laugh this much. Just thinking about it. Like, all right, let me preface this. I'm going to give you a little insider baseball. So yesterday, a variety report, I'm not going to name him because I don't want to call anyone out, but he took to Twitter and he wrote incoming as if like a huge story was coming. And when we see that, you know, in, in the Slash Film Slack, we all gather around. We're all yeah. wondering. We, we what's all gonna man be? our battle stations. We're like, yeah, ready. It's like, all right, what's what's this big story going to be? Is it is it Star Wars? Is it Marvel? What's it going to be? And the story is literally this, a movie about Seth Rogen playing a pickle maker. And when I saw that, I just, my blood boiled. I was like, really? This is the incoming? All right. <laughs> so the story is... <laughs> Seth Rogen plays a pickle maker who falls in a vat of pickles. (laughs) (laughs) 
and gets oh, no. brined for a hundred years. And then he wakes up and he meets his great grandson, also played by Seth Rogen. So that's the movie. Seth Rogen gets pickled for a hundred years and then meets his own great grandson. So there you have it. Hollywood has done it again. Wait, so is this like that Mel Gibson movie, but like the comedy version of it where he got frozen? Oh, like Forever Young? Yeah, Forever Young. (laughs) Maybe, but he didn't like meet his own great, he didn't play like his own great grandson. So, and there there weren't pickles involved. (laughs) Wait, wait a second. What is the New Yorker story that spawned this? Like, where does it's called this? It's called Sellout. So, if you want to read it, Google Sellout New Yorker. I Googled New Yorker pickle story, and that's how I found it. So weird. HT, will you see Seth Rogen as a giant pickle on the big screen? <laughs> I'm just, okay. I'm wondering, will he literally turn into a giant pickle? Will this be some sort of surrealist commentary on society? Or is he just like a green man? <laughs> <laughs> and, it, um, and, and is there kind of like a, like a uh, metaphor for, for weed here or something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, I honestly, when I first heard about this movie, I didn't read the details. I thought this was maybe a sequel to Sausage Party, which made sense to me. But now this makes less sense to me. Um, But if Seth Rogen's (laughs) making us laugh now, just based on the premise of the movie, maybe it'll be a great laugh when we watch it. So I don't know. Maybe I'll see it on on Blu-ray or something. Yeah. I, I just can't even imagine the marketing. Like the poster. Can you imagine the poster? Like Seth Rogen as a giant pickle or like just like with the white background. I don't know. This this just seems so ridiculous to me. Um, But, you know, not as ridiculous as making a movie about the X-Men character Gambit and making it a romantic comedy. Right, HD? Yes, but also I will defend the romantic comedy. uh, While right now it has a sort of strange... uh, flag bearer for the superhero movie. So, according to Simon Kinberg, who is the X-Men producer and the director of the upcoming Dark Phoenix, uh, Gambit, which is starring Channing Tatum, who has been kind of rocking that weird floppy hair since like 2016, uh, will be a romantic comedy or will have something akin to a quote romantic or sex comedy vibe. And he uh, chalks this up to when you look at Gambit, he's a hustler and a womanizer. And we just felt there was an attitude, a swagger to him that lent itself to the romantic comedy. Uh, But then again, he also goes on to describe how it's not really romantic comedy, like how Logan wasn't really a Western because like, you know, everyone thinks that romantic comedy is a dirty word. But he says it's just a vibe and that gambit has a romantic or sex comedy vibe to it okay hd i know you are a big fan of romantic comedies and i i actually have a soft spot for the you know the classic romantic comedies like you know the 80s and 90s and stuff like that but gambit really yeah i don't know i mean I am itching for a superhero movie that will kind of cross that divide because we've seen superhero movies that have bent genres with the heist movie, the um, spy thriller, the uh, the Western, like with Logan. So I'm waiting for that romantic comedy. I don't know if Gambit is the one that I want to be the romantic comedy. And I also think that the the having the romantic lead be a a hustler and a womanizer is just like a a tired trope from rom-coms that we don't need 
So I don't, we'll see. I, Wonder Woman did have some good rom-com elements, which made it so endearing to me. But um, yeah, I'm just maybe I'm just desperate for more rom-coms, guys. <laughs> I don't believe it. You actually sold me on this idea. I was, I was so <laughs> against it, and I was like, I don't know. Maybe you're it'll be right. Like Hitch. Maybe it'll be like Hitch, where he is a player and he's throwing his okay. Now, now, now you're uh... cards of love at people, and he meets his match. <laughs> Now, now you've convinced me it's a bad idea, Chris. <laughs> is, is this going to be or is it a bad idea? I actually like this idea. I, I like the idea of doing different things with superhero movies, not just doing the same crap over and over again. Like, you know, that's what made Logan so cool. You know, yeah. that it was doing something there. So I, I'm not against this idea. I mean, Gambit is a stupid character, so anything they do will make him better. So I'm not against it. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to our last story and that is uh you know in star wars the last jedi poe dameron kind of uh disobeyed all his superiors he uh took control of the resistance ship and did he even kill people i guess he probably didn't kill anybody but he uh, there was some some blaster fire going on there so we all assumed, right, that uh, Poe Dameron would be court-martialed in Episode Nine because, you know, you can't do that in a military and get away with it. So, so Chris, was he court-martialed? No, the opposite. He got a promotion. Um, in the Marvel comic series Star Wars Poe Dameron, uh, he is now a commander. He's now Commander Dameron. Uh, you know, he, he, in, you know, you could read the story on slash on.com, but it boils down to, he's about to go on a mission and, uh, Leia tells him, you know, calls him commander Dameron. And, and this isn't a, a comic book, right? I believe. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, the Marvel comic series, yeah. I said, star Wars, yeah. Poe Dameron, it's issue number 31. And, uh, you know, it, it makes sort of sense just because the resistance is very depleted. I mean, yeah, in the last Jedi, there was like. 10 people left. So I think it makes sort of sense that rather than, you know, go through the act of losing even more people, they've decided to, you know, promote them. And so now I guess by the time we see uh, episode, you know, the next star Wars film, Poe Danburn is going to be a commander. So he's failing upward. Yeah. You know, and I was being facetious. I don't think anybody, any one of us actually expected him to be court-martialed or to be demoted. Uh, but I do know that the resistance is a very small group at this point, but I don't, I don't get it. Uh, HT, like, am I wrong? Like for like thinking, I, I know he's a hero and I know we should be rooting for him, but I feel like he should have been knocked down a step or two after. I actually, yeah. I actually agree with you, Peter. I think that it's strange that he got no punishment just for like, um, for blatantly dis- disrespecting orders and um i well not, yeah not even I, disrespecting orders he was like firing blasters yeah. at like it, it was insane a- an actual coup yeah. so um yeah i i mean this will be sort of a time jump afterwards too so maybe there will be punishment that takes place and we just don't see it it happens yeah. off screen but um my feeling is that yeah they're kind of their numbers are depleted, and they have really no choice but to put him back as a commander. I guess we'll, we'll have to find out if they address, address us at all uh, when Star Wars Episode Nine, whenever whatever that is going to be called, comes out next year, late next year. That brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. HT, uh, you're not going to be here next week. You're going to be on a uh, trip that we cannot 
talk about. Uh, no, but you'll be far, far away. Actually, that's yes. how, that, that makes it sound like I was saying that you were going to the set visit of Star Wars. That's definitely not <laughs> happening because JJ will never allow any set, press on set. I just meant you're going on an international trip. Yes. <laughs> I can't say where I'm going, actually. Okay. So I'm going to New Zealand. Um, I'm not coming back until Thursday. But uh, yes, so this will be the last you see of me. Um, you can find me every day, though, at SlashFilm.com. And I'm on Twitter at HTranBooey. Well, we're excited to hear about your adventures, at least the ones you can talk about when you come back on the water cooler. Uh, Chris, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, I'm at SlashHome.com, and I'm on Twitter at SeaEvangelista413. You can find me at SlashHome on all social media. You can find all the stories we talked about today on SlashHome.com and linked in the show notes. You can subscribe to Slash Home Daily on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to Peter at SlashFilm.com. And if you can, take a minute, go to our iTunes page, write us a very positive review, spread the word, tell your friends, and we'll see you on Monday. <laughs>